Good evening. We are back. Episode 47 of Cap and Trade. Landry is in love with the new intro, I can tell. I'm what the excited. hell was that? That was beautiful. That yeah. was what the hype was about? What hype? That was plenty. I of, mean, you, you said you had an intro. I was that was the intro. That like was banging. That was banging. That was much better. Than you, I thought you'd like that music a little bit better than last time. See, look, we're already getting comments. That intro is classy. Yep. So okay. there you go. Yeah, classy. Okay. No, welcome into uh, Cap and Trade. This is episode forty-seven. I am your host, Texans Cap. You can follow me on Twitter at Texans Cap. Joined by Mister Landry Locker. At Landry Locker on Twitter of 610 Sports Radio and The Locker Room on YouTube. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing lovely. I'm doing lovely. Perfect. Nice. Got the travel out of the way. I'm in the relaxation part of the uh, the vacay. Uh, still following from afar, but not having to do the four-hour radio show and put in the extra you know time that goes into it. It's not something I usually like to do, but... I'm starting to realize it might be necessary to take off, you know, a week here or there, especially right now um, with, you know, how, how the, how the season's going. So yeah, it's always yeah, good I, to get I, a I little kind of feel the recharge, get yeah. a lot of, getting a lot of things taken care of a little mental reset, get some stuff done outside of work life. Yeah. No, that's always good for the soul for sure. Um, yeah, no, a lot to get to tonight. A lot of news going on. Uh, I guess right off the top, just wanted to kind of touch on JJ Watt retiring you know, it's a, it's a probably a good time. I, I think uh, he's got a big future ahead of him off the field. And as a fan of Houston and, and watching him play here for so many years, I, I mean, probably may never see another player like that come through here again. And he was just a one-of-a-kind talent. And I'm hoping that the fences between him and Houston are, are still track retirement kind of thing to where he can go into the Hall of Fame as a as a Houston Texan. Um, as you know, we saw his, the social media team hit, hit his congratulations and, you know, he's got his family started and no telling where he's going to go. He's talking about owning soccer, part of a soccer club. He may go acting. He may go media. Who knows with him? He's probably got his hand in a bunch of cookie jars. So big congrats to, to JJ Watt and everything he's achieved and everything ahead of, ahead for him. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can summarize what JJ was, you know, on the field and stuff. You've heard it at this point. My, my biggest question is what the hell is he going to do now? Because uh, there's a lot of options. Like a lot of times when you ask that, when you say, you know, what the hell is this guy going to do? It's well, besides football, what the hell is this guy really going to do? Like you actually kind of wonder, but with him, there's just so many possibilities. It could go a number of ways where I legit, I think I asked him about this a couple of times when we interviewed him. I want to say I asked him this in 20, it was 2018. Um, I asked him this and I think I asked him one more time and now here we are. And it's, it's, it's probably even a little bit sooner than we thought it would be, but it's, I, I have no idea what the hell he's going to do. There's so many possibilities. There's so, it could go a, a, a lot of ways. One thing I don't think he's going to do, I, I, I've seen some people say, well, he could be in the Texans front office. You know how that always happens. Front office, how about coaching? I don't think he's going to do that. No. Could. I don't think JJ's going to want to just sit there and coach uh, or sit there and, you know, be a be a GM or something like that. But but there are no – if he's in football, I could see it being some sort of media thing because I think you can still have time to do other things and other ventures and – um spend time with the family and stuff if you are doing the media thing. Although, you know, it, it, there is some work that goes into that. 
But I'm, I'm very intrigued to to see what exactly he does, and I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of things that JJ does. Yeah, I think he's going to kind of kind of spread spread himself out over a few different areas and kind of figure out where his niche is, where he fits in well, and and I think he'll he'll continue to be successful if he puts the same mentality towards the football game that he does outside of the football game have no doubt that he'll do well and he'll eventually end up in the ring of honor with Houston. And like I said, hopefully, hopefully it'll be a, it should be a first ballot hall of famer. And, uh, I think there's a statue. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They need a statue. Seriously. They need something like that. The, the thing about the Texans is there's, there's not a lot to, to celebrate because it is a newer franchise. So, you know, unlike the Browns, they can have a Jim Brown statue out there. Like, I mean, an icon like JJ, uh, you need to celebrate when you get like all time greats, you need to, you need to celebrate them at an extreme level, like the Andres and like the JJs. Yep. I think a statue would make sense. Um, you know, the one thing I don't want him to do, I don't want him to start like, you know, putting guys in the ring of honor that probably shouldn't be just to do it. Like, yeah. Don't force it. Like I've, I've said, Jonathan Joseph, great, great player. But, you know, that's not I wouldn't put J. Joe or no, it's Cushing or anything Foster, like that in the yeah, ring of no, honor. No, it's got to be reserved for the the true top elite, which J.J. is, which Andre is. Which Get, him he's already there. Get him a statue. Get him a statue. All right. No, congrats right to in the Bud Light Plaza. No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, Bud Light Plaza. I, I believe you. Yeah, with you the flag, be, with be, the American flag. Fair enough. But no, congrats to him. I like that idea. Hey, you, you need like you need to You're pitch it next time. On my statue. P- pitch it next Why time you, you talk JJ? to Cal. I don't. Oh my Why god, that is quite the jump there, sir. Quite the jump. My gosh. Talk to Cal next time you see him. Tell him you want the statue. That's I will. A, I know. I'm, I'm, I'll get it. I'll I'm get right it there with you. All right. Now, congrats to him. But uh, we'll we'll move back over to the Texans. Uh, broke the the long losing streak, sneaking in a win against uh, the the Tennessee Titans, which were just. I mean, Malik Willis looked horrible, and it's he's awful. Yeah, and he's, I mean his his awful. throwing motion just looks weird, and he's the worst. He's the worst. Uh, AFC South starting quarterback I've ever seen. Yeah, it's not good. But there's a, there's a list of contestants. He's the worst. I, f- I feel like there's some some rough days ahead for the Titans. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, I you know John Robinson was good good GM. He wasn't like an elite GM, but he was a good GM. And it, it feels clear that Mike Vrabel won that power struggle there, kind of going down the path of Bill O'Brien took in Houston. And I just, I mean, they're kind of upside down on the cap. They've got a lot of aging players and you know, don't really know what you have in Ryan Tannehill. He's kind of leveraged into a spot where they're either going to have to extend him or move on. I just feel like there's some tough times ahead for, for Tennessee. But Houston getting the win. Now they've got only a half-game lead over Chicago heading into the last two weeks for that number one draft pick. And I know that's uh, kind of been a big topic this week. I know you and – I watched you and DJ today, and y'all had a good discussion on it. And there's a lot of different opinions out there. You know, I know you're very much so of the number one pick is very important. And yeah, that's, I'm on the right side. I'm yeah. on the right side. Of it. <laughs> the right no, side. I'm on. A, I'm on the have a pulse of what's going on, not trying to be a hardo side of it. Yeah. But yeah, that's where I am. There's yeah. there's no like there's no reason to not 
think or at least not acknowledge that getting the number one pick is the 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 number one um positive result from this season. Like that's like even if even if you don't think it's the end of the world, like to act like it's not the the best result is silly. And then and then like to say stuff like and, and it's not D, like DJ DJ and me talk about it. Like there's a lot of people a lot of people are saying it, but like well, you still got to draft the right players and, you know, well, no shit. That's like, a given. Uh, That's a given. Like, yeah, of course you have to draft the That's right players. That's included in sure, the conversation. This guy went this round and that guy went that round, but it's better to be drafting first than second. Like no matter how you look at it and these wins, like they don't mean anything. You you should be looking for a new coach. And even if you were bringing back the coach, the, the wins mean nothing. Like there's, there's nothing that is coming from these wins and it should matter. And and I just think the buzz, like the buzz for the Texans, the fans, the interest, all that. Yes, there might be a little bit of buzz at two, but at one, you have the ultimate buzz. Texans are fielding calls for the number one pick. Texans work out Will Levis. Texans work out Bryce Young. Oh, the NFL like, would love it if, yeah. if Houston had number one because it would be – intrigue up until more than likely up until the cards taken to the podium yeah and there'd probably be some intrigue with chicago too even if they aren't going to take a quarterback because they would be willing to trade but even if if chicago's willing to trade who's to say they don't trade with tennessee or they trade with indianapolis and you know go for the quarterback and then you hear well this this isn't like a for sure thing quarterback that's fine but you would still like to have the choice of that quarterback and, and you don't want any any chance that that guy's not there so i just don't i I don't it's it's cool if you want to be like hardo and say you know i would rather win games good for you um but it's the the number one pick is is the is the thing is is the thing that you would have to show for this season that would make it just not a not a complete disaster like there's nothing being gained. You, you beat the tennessee titans with malik willis Awesome. Uh, you went toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. That was the, the Cowboys and Chiefs games were the ultimate result. Um, yeah, you, you're it's excitement, but you still lose. But, I mean, I think, they're, like the you Jags said, it, have nothing to play for and neither do the Colts. Yeah, and, you know, Doug Pedersen came out and said that they're not resting players. They're, well, good for they're him. Going, Thank you. You know, they're going. And but I, think, I will tell you this. If Travis Etienne limps off the field – there's a chance that they handle that situation a lot different than they will next week against Tennessee. Yeah. Same with Lawrence and his toe. I mean, it, you know, if there's any indication that he's not a hundred percent, then why take the chance? You already see Tennessee's got half of their starting group going to be out this week because there's absolutely nothing for them to play for this week. Everything hinges on week 18 for them. But I think just, I get your point, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but I do think it just kind of helps the fan base get a little more energized, even though it's a it's a win and it may put you on the wrong side of the draft pick. Just gives the fan base a little bit more energy headed headed into the off season. A win this week, yeah. Whoo wee, man! It, it, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that there, oh there's God. just a little bit of. A little more wow. energy within the family because it's not everybody wow. is not everybody is there's wow. there's a lot of casual fans too that are just excited for a win regardless wow. and yeah wow you, wow, wow. <laughs> that's wild that's wild to me 
If you think if you think that this gets carried into the into the off season, I, I yeah. mean, the, a win a win over a win over Jackson the Jacksonville, it's forgotten. It's forgotten in three days. It means nothing. You're still to in last you. place. Yes. Still nothing. It means nothing. So so there's no like carry this into the to, to like the excitement. Like they're not gonna get be getting ring ring. Hey, I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to get. Some not gonna get tickets. more season tickles, man. They sent no, out the email. Like, there's a lot of open seats. No, you I... have the number one pick, and you have all that build up and that intrigue. Yeah. Like there there's no like excitement heading in with with this pick with this thing. No, don't I, don't even put that out there. All right, don't let them think that. We'll Troy. just delete the last. We'll just delete the last forty-five seconds. They listen to you, Troy. But I, I you know, but no, I agree with you. I think you you want to have the full control of the draft with the number one overall pick. That's that is the ultimate goal. That would be the ultimate ultimate prize at the end of the day to have that full control of the draft, not only just at number one overall, but at the top of every round, and having first dibs on any player out there. So that's going to be the best path forward for improving this roster. I just wanted to kind of touch on that and I wanted to get your opinion. I kind of figured what it was going to be in it. You answered exactly how I thought you were going to answer. So, you know, I, you know, I don't, you know, is what it is, but we'll see what happens. That you, I think you just, I think majority of fans will agree with you. They want to see two losses, maybe two competitive losses, because obviously Chicago's got what Detroit and Minnesota Houston has Jacksonville and, and what was left over of the Indianapolis Colts on whichever quarterback's going to be on the field for them. They seem to be rotating through quarterbacks left and right over there. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. See if they can hold on to it, get to that number one draft pick. Um, but another, another topic I wanted to take a look at was Brandon cooks back on the field. Would have had two touchdowns. One got brought back with penalty, but, you know, he seems to – who knows with Brandon Cooks. I mean, he kind of seems to be week to week whether he's whether he's in it or not in it or, you know, whether he wants to play or not play. But I kind of start – you know, you start looking at the draft, and there's a few names in the first round, but it's not really that great of a draft for wide receiver. And the free agency wide receiver group is very, very poor. And it kind of just makes you wonder if – if there's only going to be a fifth or sixth round draft pick on the table for Brandon Cooks, is it worth trying to for a new coaching staff to mend that relationship and keep him on the roster for 2023 and have that, you know, he's still a, a good wide receiver. He's not a, a wide receiver number one, but he's a, still a capable and productive wide receiver. And I think that's a discussion that probably will need to be had at, for this organization to try to do that cost-benefit analysis that Nick Casario likes to do all the time of fifth-round pick, get get the salary off, take that $10 million in savings, reallocate it back towards the roster on another player. But I really don't know who you would reallocate that because, like we said, the the free agency group is kind of kind of weak, and you're obviously not going to get a – more than likely not going to get a game-changer wide receiver on a day-three pick. So kind of wanted to get your, what, get your opinion on that on that thought process. I'm not sure that Smith and Jigba, if he had played the whole season at Ohio State, I'm not sure that we would be talking about him being like a top five or top ten pick. Um, I, I, I'm intrigued to, to hear what scouts say about him. Um, but I do think that kind of out of sight, out of mind with him, where we're just kind of, you know, just, just dismissing him. So I'm intrigued to hear, you know, what his stock is 
uh, when the draft comes around. I don't trust Brandon Cooks, man. Like, I, I don't I don't trust someone whose happiness is tied to Jack Easterby. I don't trust someone who goes to social media and threatens to tattletale uh, and then acts like he just wants to keep stuff in-house. Um, I, I just don't – and I don't think he's a good enough player to where, you know, if he were a clear wide receiver one, then maybe you would try to mend those fences like, you know, Green Bay did with Aaron Rodgers or – you know, Seattle did with Russell Wilson when he could actually play and stuff like that. I just don't I'm, – I'm kind of over Brandon Cooks. I'm, and, and that's why I thought they should have traded him when they had the opportunity. And it's, oh, yeah. it kind of sucks that right now, just from my point of view, someone who wants the number one pick, um, a guy basically shuts down on you, um, isn't buying in, and then all of a sudden he's going to come back when – you know, the, the games mean even less and he's going to go out there and start playing well. Uh, it just doesn't sit well with me. I, I don't know how Nick Casario looks at it. I, I, I have no idea. I'm sure he's going to go into that cost analysis stuff. But given the type of player Cooks is, which is a good player, uh, but not a great player, and given what he's already shown you uh, last year, I just don't trust Brandon Cooks. And, and I think the Texans could – get one of these receivers, whether it's a Smith and Jigbo, whether it's a Johnston, whether it's a Mims, whether it's a um, Boutte just uh, announced that he's going to go to the draft. Um, if you do have three. Boutte did say, top, did do that. Yeah. He announced just now on Twitter. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. That yeah, was a I change of heart. An hour ago. Yeah. Check it out. I'm pretty sure that was him. Um, although check marks are different, but yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think the draft – I think you can find someone in the draft. And let's be honest. Like, we're talking about this, uh, this you know, wide receiver free agent class and all that, and, and it doesn't look great. Last year's was mm, – and Jacksonville was able to find Zay Jones and uh, Christian Kirk, uh, three-year and four-year deal, and they were able to figure some stuff out. So – I would move on from Brandon Cooks. I don't know what the Texans would do, um, but that would be that would be what I would do. Fair did enough. I just, did I just present some fake news on Boutte? Uh, Let me check. Uh-oh. Yeah, here he is. After careful thoughts and consideration, I'll be declaring for the 2023 NFL draft. So, yeah, he's out. I wonder what changed for him. It's interesting because he was, what, like a month ago, say so he was going back, so. That nil money not changing, or is the uh, the draft draft evaluation improving for him? So, be interesting to if that ever if that ever comes out. But uh, no, I hear you on Cooks, and I that's a that's a perfectly valid concern that you, there's really no way to know, at least from the outside looking in, if he's really ever going to be bought in, or is it going to be three weeks into the season he's not getting targets, doesn't like whatever system is in place because he doesn't like Pep Hamilton's system now, is it going to happen again three or four weeks into the season where he's just not happy and wants to move on again? You've wasted you know, money, time, roster space on him. So you have to get some type of, some type of full commitment from him. And, I don't even, and at this point, I mean, how can you trust his word even on a full commitment? And – I think that should that that would definitely be a concern for anybody on this roster and but the trade value for him like we've talked about before it just is probably going to be tanked that that two that Dallas had on the table is probably yeah, not even going to be, be a Mark Cooper yeah, type yeah yeah fifth fifth rounder maybe maybe Houston needs a little bit of the salary can get up to a fourth or something like that but 
I, I just don't see it happening. I think the teams are going to leverage, be able to have a little more leverage against Houston on that. And I mean, there's some teams that are going to be desperate for receivers. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, like, with, as much as as much as it is, there. I mean, who knows? Maybe the market changes. Maybe they get a three. Maybe they get a, you know, a two. And and I mean, with all the threes they have, maybe they can flip that up and and move up. That's kind of like a, you know, flexible area. So who knows? I mean, he's a really good player. It only takes um, one team. So yeah, but he's but the the weirdness. I mean, I thought it. I thought it was really strange, and now it's. Uh, I got to be there for my guys. It's just kind of. I'm not. I, I, I'm not. I'm probably a little bit more emotional than Nick Casera. He's a damn robot. Um, I would. Uh, I would be gone. I would have been done with him, the second that that whole stunt happened. But yeah, held on to him. Yeah, and now he's gonna start balling out. <laughs> Yeah, God, I'm last gonna hate three. him so much. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, for like three touchdowns this week. There you go. Put him on the fantasy roster. Championship um, only if you're in the championship. Oh, yeah, not me. Which is me. Well, good, good job, sir. Good Going job. against Cody Stutes. Okay, all right. Got to figure out where my allegiances sit with this one then. He's won a ship before. I have not. This is a 12-year plus league. All right. So that, then I will be rooting for you since you have not got a ship yet. You. So Thank you. you. You got my vote, sir. Got a few questions on the on the comments here, so we'll get to those as soon as we can once we get through a few more talking points. Um, but if you have any questions, comments, throw them up on the board. We'll get to as much as we can. Next area of concern is uh, – Lovey Smith, you know, I th- there's uh, some hypothesis out there, which I completely disagree with, that these last few games of, of the team being more competitive should should give Cal a second thought on keeping him around for, for 2023, and I very much disagree with that. I think, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the decision's already been made, and I think there's little to no chance that Lovey Smith will be here in 2023 i don't know how you can look past the first half of the season and wonder what happened why did it take losing this many games or getting in this kind of situation for you to have to go to a two quarterback system seems like we have at least one game or one play every game that's a trick play flea flicker something throwing passes out to jeff driscoll having davis mills line up a wide receiver it's just you, you know, feel like we're digging into the last few pages of the playbook here. And there's, I can't look past the first half of the season just because the team has responded the last three, three weeks of the season and say, that's enough to justify keeping Lovey Smith as head coach. Um, I mean, at a minimum, you need a new offensive coordinator and Lovey Smith would, if I'm saying if Lovey Smith were here, I'd want a defensive coordinator as well. I, th- I think he just needs to be a head coach, a leader, and manage things. And so, <laughs> so I think uh, at this point, I just disagree with it. I think he's going to be gone, and I don't know why people would think two games, three games of of better performance, but still losing, would justify enough to keep him around. Yeah, I think it's silly. Um, I I hope the front office doesn't think that way. If they decide to bring back Lovey, fine. They'll have to explain why. But if part of the reason is we beat Tennessee with Malik Willis, we beat 
Jacksonville when they didn't have anything to play for, and the Indianapolis Colts were probably trying to lose, and we beat them. And we played the Kansas City Chiefs close, who, by the way, lost to the Raiders this year, and the week before they played the Texans close, were going toe-to-toe with the Broncos, who, by the way, fired their coach. Um, And then the Cowboys, um, I mean, it's that that would be – we're screwed if that's how they're thinking. If they want to bring him back, I wouldn't, but – I'm sure they can like lay out why they might want to do that, but if their if their reason is because of what they've seen the last few weeks, we're screwed because that means they're simps, and that and that means that they don't they don't have any grasp of the gray area. It's the same thing as Bill O'Brien division titles and not looking at the gray area there of how bad the division was and you know how bad quarterback situations were elsewhere. Um, if that's how they're thinking, we're screwed. I don't think it is. Uh, I think I think he's going to be gone. But if he is here, it, it should not be because of what's happened these last few weeks. That would be silly. And the other thing is, Lovey's a finished product. Because yeah, that, that's a great Lovey, point. There's, it, it's not going to get any better. It's it, not, we know what he is. Right? We have like two decades of, of example. Damn, was that a shake from Whataburger? It's my Coke. My Coke okay. Zero. I thought, I thought you were I thought you were Guinness. I was like, no, I don't do, I don't do shakes. Okay, just checking. Um, but... If that if if they do do it, then they're, they're, you're not. I don't know what you're trying to do. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish. And the other thing is this: people, when they talk about the possibility of Lovey Smith getting fired, you hear them say, "Well, you can't, you know, fire. You can't have two one and done coaches, right? You can't have two one and done coaches," which is stupid. It's so dumb because. The last two years are so different than like any other like situation. Yeah, like, this is almost a, this is an outlier a, situation. Give me a comparable situation to where There's you not. have the Watson, you have the Easterby, you have the Cap stuff. Like, give me a comparable situation, and then we can talk. But don't generalize it into the, all the other stuff. But the thing is, this it actually makes more sense to fire Lovey Smith because you fire David Culley after one year. If you bring back Lovey Smith for another year after what he will do this season and in best case scenario, he wins four ball games and he has the tie. Then, then you can go back to the David Culley situation and say, okay, well maybe he shouldn't have been fired after one year because this isn't much different. So I actually think the fact that you fired David Culley after one year makes firing Lovey Smith after one year actually make more sense instead of the lazy narrative that's going to be, and I don't like calling people lazy, maybe just like uninformed, but that narrative, I think, it, it, it makes that makes less sense than going back to the Cully thing. If they fire Lovey after to, after or, or bring back Lovey after a year, yeah, that, and that that would confuse me. Yeah, I mean, it's same along the lines of what GM has gotten to ha- choose three head coaches when the GM probably didn't choose the last head coach. So, you know, I don't. I agree with you. I think that's a a, a poor line of thinking. I, I don't agree with it, and I think he's – the other I, thing is a lot of people that are going to talk about it, they're not following the Texans that closely. Like they know that it was a dumpster fire, but they're not really understanding. Like you had the Watson cloud. You had the the Easterby cloud. You had all the, the cap stuff. You didn't have the draft picks. Like comparing the last two coaching cycles to, to this next one, and really comparing this Texan situation to anything we've ever seen, like you, you've got to give me like a comparable comparison because I feel like 
I'm trying to think like the San Francisco situation. The San Francisco situation, they hired a new GM, but it was kind of similar. Like the whole the whole process, they let they kind of you know they fired they they hired Tom Sula, then they hired Chip Kelly, and then Shanahan became available, and they went they went with the Shanahan thing, and it worked out, and they brought in John Lynch. So yeah. it, it was, I mean, it was it was still two one and duns, but it was a different GM. But I mean, it was. It, it, they just they just basically got through the mud and then they and then they found their guy and and they might have had their eye on that guy the whole time i just don't like the thing about coaching hires now that and and a lot of it's been done in good faith um and i think it's i think it's a good thing but the the other the other problem with coaching hires and coaching fires is people have gotten too so simplistic about it and they've just gotten to where they just look at things like through through one certain type of lenses and oh why don't you hire this guy when 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 this guy got fired or this guy got a chance and this guy didn't but they're not really like weighing situ- like situations they're just like throwing out oh well two two one and done you can't fire two coaches one and done well you can yeah um just give me a similar situation to this before you start comparing this to anything like it's not like it's not like he inherited the who knows like some good organization and is doing it. It's, it's, it's so much more different than, than any other situation that we've seen. Yeah. And I think, you know, and Houston's going to have some competition out there because there's may not be a huge head coach overturn across the league, but there's still going to be a good number of openings. And I think, you know, we have three already with Denver, Carolina and Indianapolis. I think there's a real Arizona. chance that Arizona will have a new coach uh, New Orleans potentially, especially if Sean Payton wants to come back. I already seen kind of different. Uh, okay, you don't want to be there, though. I don't know. There was uh, there was some stuff thrown against the wall to see if it'd stick regarding Tom Brady and Sean Payton in New Orleans. Yeah, because <laughs> Brady's a br- Brady's a, a free a- free agent. Brady's a coach killer at this point. You know, and that well, I mean, because they were they were trying to link them up in Miami. You see how Arizona was guarding him, guarding him the other night. Yeah, I think, and, the, and there's some there's some chatter about Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay, and he may want to step away for a bit. And you that know, was last year too. Yeah, and Tampa Bay with uh, with their coach, he he they may not stick around for that one. So Todd Bowles. Yep. They got. They got to let. They got to let him do at least one more year. I I, I agree. I just but I, I just wanted to toss it out there. So I think you're looking at a potential. If you're including Houston, you're looking at six to seven, maybe eight head coach openings across the league. Five, I think it's going to be five or six. Yeah. No, like LA would surprise me with the Rams. But even then, like I still think the Texans, you can make a case, is more appealing than all those games. Yeah, I think the Rams and Tampa really is do. probably kind of a, a long I mean, shot. You know, I want to I see you break down that cap situation. I Which one? I haven't seen it. i got to imagine there's some credit card debt there. Which one? <laughs> the Rams. Yeah, I mean it. The, they turned a dollar into like a hundred million that, a couple of times. That can be like. a that can be a whole show on its own, and it's wild. And <laughs> I mean, it, you you would have a field day with that. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't be fun. But probably uh, the Saints too. You could probably get in on the Saints cap situation too. They're finally starting to see a little light at the end of the tunnel. There, a little bit. Yeah, but it's not still a lot. rough. No, it's still gonna it's still gonna hurt for another year or so. But you know, we might get a decent little cap jump here this you know this coming off season and we'll see what happens i think you know the youtube deal got signed for sunday ticket 
which I think was about a $500 million a year raise over what DirecTV was paying. So I think uh, if you, if, if you look at all the math, cause I think like 15% of it goes back to like player benefits, 85% of it goes to like the salary cap. So you're looking at like maybe a potential four or $5 million, $6, six million raise on the salary cap per team when you, when you factor in the yeah. new, the new Sunday ticket deal. So I still sticking with my placeholder of 225. It's 208, 208, 208.2 million, 208.2 million this year. I'm going to stick with 225 for next year and, and, and it'll start. When do they announce the cap? It's usually in March. The, they, it's not like a set date. They just they just do it in a. It's usually right towards the end of of, fran, of the franchise tag period, which is about okay. a week before the league year starts. It's yeah, it's quite annoying. We usually get guidance at the the December owners meetings, but because the Sunday ticket deal hadn't been finalized, they didn't pass out any any guidance at all. So. Maybe we'll start seeing some guidance leaking out here in the next couple of weeks since the uh, Sunday ticket deal got done. But, but uh, yeah, you know the head coaching things. That's what we're talking about. I think you know there'll be a few openings, like Landry said, five or six, maybe seven. We'll see. You know, it won't be as crazy as we've had in years past. Um, next one I wanted to get to was uh, Mr. Laramie Tunsil. He is. It's almost kind of a that's master. My bro, that's my best friend. Man. It's a master class of what he's doing with he's, uh, with he social media this year. That's, and he came to the for a businessman. Laramie Tunsil came to the right place. Like he can you you can say well you know well, it sucks that the Texans suck. From what Laramie Tunsil is about, and he's just about minding his business and worrying about business. He is in the perfect situation. Yeah, because. He has leverage again, and he he said it when, when I joked with him about the Easterby and uh, and OB thing. Um, I actually I actually had that. You want you want to you want me to play that? Would that be a buzzkill or not? No, go for it, sir. The, the East, I'm not, if you got I it, wanna, I don't want to hijack. Are you sure? Yeah, go ahead. if you got it ready, go ahead. I, I think I do. First and foremost, I love the yeah. city. Big shout outs to Houston, Texas. For sure, I appreciate the culture here, and I just appreciate the fans of just being the Texas fans when we had things going in '19. You know, it was just a, a, a beautiful sight because I came from the Miami Dolphins and, you know, it was a rough time there. And then I came here in 19 when we was winning games and the, how much the fans appreciate us. So that that's one of the biggest things why I love being in Houston is the fan base. You know, I really love the fans. So we got to get an extension this offseason, huh? Yeah. Uh, lovely to me. Uh, uh, are, are you going to do your own negotiating? <laughs> Absolutely, Again? man. Got to yeah. keep that money in the house. You might have tough. Calls. It seems like Casario might be harder to negotiate with than Easterby. <laughs> hey, hey, hit the money sign again. They know. <laughs> Hello. Hey, hey. I feel like I feel like you're playing up, though. I feel like you're going from negotiating with Easterby and OB, to now you're gonna have to go in there with Casario. It, it might be a little harder negotiation. <laughs> hey, I just hope Nick ready. Uh, what do you think about Titus uh, moving around a lot? It, do you look at that and say, ah, man, I, I think he should just be in one spot or the, the, whatever's best for the team? Can you uh, hit that money sign? Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He's going to they gonna have to pay him. He's doable, man. He can play anywhere on the O-line. He should have you negotiate with him for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why not? When you're negotiating, were you at all nervous about it? Did you have any? No, he had Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien ahead of well, him. Well, that's he what was counting, I'm saying. <laughs> he was counting his money. He was counting his money before he even, he even made the deal. Yeah. yeah. So that was that have another negotiation. Yeah, it's you know it started 
we had talked about it a few about a month ago. It started with Aaron Wilson, you know, putting out there that he has the best uh, PFF. Yeah, carrying the water. He had the uh, the best PFF blocking grade. Uh, you know, you know, shooting for the All Pro honors. When he talks about Tunsil, yeah, you know, you know, shooting for the All Pro, doing all, you know, just probably about a good three or four weeks of, of continued coverage from from Aaron on regards Tunsil and and him being one of the premier left tackles out there. And then then DJ today got the got the money shot. That he wants to be the the highest paid left tackle, which is no no secret by any means, and it, it's very clear he's he's gonna do it regardless if it's with Houston or or elsewhere. And I, I'm pretty, the I feel pretty thing, confident though, it's gonna be here. The one thing though is he, I, I think that you know, given how many rookies they're gonna have on the roster, and given um, you know, most likely it's gonna be a quarterback on a rookie deal. I think Tunsil will want a short-term deal, so it it might he, kind of work out. I he think mentioned it like a two or three-year deal. He mentioned it with with Aaron that he wanted he he was looking at like two years, and you know That's the perfect. the three-year deal that he did before was great, and I know I suspect Casario will probably try to push for a, you know a, a three or four-year deal, and Tunsil's you know probably gonna be looking at two maybe three max because he knows. Two years, get back to free agency again, reset the market again, you know, or those short short term deals push the team up, and just like the team had to leverage the contract, and now they're now they're in a in a difficult spot because the the all the restructures from the last two years to push the cap number up or thirty five million dollars for a tackle, so you either got to trade or extend, and an extension will save some money, but. You know, Trent Williams is the is the top paid tackle in terms of average per year mm-hmm. at twenty three point oh one. It was just enough to get over Bakhtiari, but twenty three is basically the number he's looking to top. Uh, I've I've got the number set at twenty five. He's going to come into the table probably with twenty seven, twenty eight million, and then they'll kind of find their way and meet their way towards the middle. At that point, it'll just be a function of how much guarantee and what the structure is, things like that. Those things we can, we can get into in the off season, but I think it's very clear that he will be the highest paid tackle and it probably will be every bit of $25 million a year with a good solid guarantee, probably two to three years in length. And, you know, I'm all for it. I, th- I think, especially if you're going to have a rookie quarterback, you know, have that, those bookends, you know, couple him up with Titus Howard. And that's another piece that's going to be really fun to see because you don't really have to extend Titus Howard, but if you need the cap space and you, and you feel like he's a solid piece going forward, then maybe you get a little longer extension with him, right? Maybe you can get him on like a four or five year extension and then you shift him over maybe to left tackle after two years. If Tunsil's ready to move on, that may be one kind of path to look at for the team, but it's just a really good, a really good set of tackles and we saw some of the metrics posted on social media this week and the composite score out there is they're probably a top two top three book in group of tackles compared to the rest of the league the offensive line on the interior on the other hand is probably one of the worst but not you know, probably <laughs> yeah not probably yeah. sir but uh yeah so i think uh i think it makes all the sense in the world to go and do it. And, and to answer Ryan's question here about cap savings, we get from an extension, you know, I've got some numbers ready to go for the off season. We'll get into it one episode, but I think there's a, a good path towards saving every bit of anywhere from nine to $12 million in cap in cap dollars. 
But it'd be interesting if they if they did want to extend both players. That's a lot of cash to to allocate to to two offensive tackles. But like you mentioned, if you're going to have the rookie on the you know a, a rookie on a, a quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract, you know, and then you, if you're going to have Mills as well, that's two quarterbacks on rookie deals. So that's the perfect time to spread that money elsewhere across the roster. So sounds like we're both in agreement that yeah, it's fine. Get him it, done. It works out. And the other thing about him is that, and I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean this as an insult at all. I actually think it's kind of cool. Um, he's not going to get frustrated with losing. No, the duty he he, yeah, come, he mean, wants. Like, to, he's I mean, not going to like all of a sudden get pissed off. No, no he's I do, no, I do. He is trying to get the contract, and some people say, "Well, will he be a Brandon Cooks and that kind of change after you sign?" I don't think. I don't think so. I, I think, think he's all about his, his business, business, and he yeah, he. Yeah, he's like he's almost kind of like one of those guys where like he doesn't even need to practice. Just show up on game day and kick some ass, and that's what he's going to do. And he's in shape. Yeah, he keeps he's ready to go, and then he'll do business. his fashion stuff outside. And you know, people like him. Yep, he's good in the locker room. He's not. He just he just stays in his lane. Just minds mm-hmm. his business. Everybody yep. likes to joke with him. He's just he's just chilling. Yep. And in this situation, is perfect. Like there there'll be a time where hopefully we're having this discussion and we're having to say, well, you got to pay this guy and this guy's going to be up. And uh, do you really want it would be fun to get into those kind of conversations again? The kind of like we had a few years away. Yeah. Best case scenario where it's like, well, you know, this guy's coming and uh, 25, you know, 25 million for a tackle. We're not there. Mm. Um, So pay the guy. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Let's see here. And the last uh, one of the last few topics was we saw Derek Carr got benched today, and <clears throat> and he's just going to leave the team. They're just like, yeah, go ahead, take off, take your last Which two weeks. Good. I mean, he would have been that would have been kind of weird. That, that's that's actually good for both sides. I know some people are kind of saying, well, he's a baby. Nah, like it's it is better for all parties involved because because we know he's gone. Like he's gonna, they're gonna they're gonna release him. He's gonna get to choose between the Titans, the Colts, the Jets. Uh, Tampa Bay. Um, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of options for him. The Giants, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I kind of looked at teams with unsettled quarterback spots. Would be like, yeah, Houston, Indianapolis, Tampa Bay, Carolina, New Orleans, the Jets, Atlanta. Cardinals, one year deal. Oh, even with Murray on his contract. A lot. I don't, um, they can't get out of that. Yeah, one year, yeah, one year, yeah, maybe not. Atlanta, New York Giants, Seattle, if they don't go with Geno Smith, Baltimore, if things don't get sorted out with Lamar. So there's a there's a lot of ways that the car situation could go. And, you know, his – I think Los Angeles is going to sit on the contract. Yeah, invest into the guarantees in, in March. I don't – some people are speculating that they might just flat out release him. I don't see it only any cost six mil, right? Yeah, like five point six dead money. I think money. that's what they'll do. I think that's what happens. You don't? I don't see why they would. Because no one's going to take that contract. And yeah, that's it's true. I mean, years, it's, it's three years. years no, it's three years. One sixteen is what's three left. One sixteen. Yeah, yeah, which is like no thirty eight. No with one's doing that. Forty eight. Forty guaranteed. Yeah, that's that's what I was wondering. I I had sent a message to 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 somebody I trust and was like, if Derek Carr hit the open market, would he do better than three years, 115 million, 40 million guaranteed? And that's kind of what I was talking about when I tweeted out about the middle class of the quarterbacks. 
that that middle class is just gone, right? You see middle class type players getting paid with the top tier quarterbacks with, you know, the Jared Goffs and the Derek Carrs of the world getting that high dollar money. And I, man, if you could really get that middle class kind of contract back into the fold, it'd be, that would be a good asset to have because I think you could build a roster around Derek Carr if he wasn't paid like a top five quarterback. And that way he gives you the chance to spread the money around. But the release, yeah, I mean, his his contract, the vesting date is three days into the waiver period, which starts Monday after the Super Bowl. So it's Los Angeles does, or Las Vegas does a very early vesting schedule with their cash model. So they have to make a decision very quickly. As soon as the Super Bowl is over. The decision's made. He's gone. With him, with them released, sending him home, gone. and yeah, it very well could be. I mean, it. He gone, he's I, th- I thought if you could get a trade out there, you know, do something like the Wentz deal where it's two threes or something like that. But I mean, it just takes do right by him, man. Like he's been like that's fair. Do, that's a fair point because he's he's been the most loyal Raider that uh, that you've ever seen. Like to the point where he likes on. He's been on the. I've seen a few interviews with him where he's like on the edge of tears, like talking about how he never wants to leave. And they're going to do right by him. They're going to release him. They're going to let him pick his own spot. And, he, and that's what's going to happen. Like he's, but the other part about this that I don't know if it's the, the dialogue has generated yet. Boy, Devonte Adams went there for him. Like Devonte Adams took they less already, money they to already, go there for him. Yeah. They already talked to him and he had the very diplomatic answer today on it that obviously he supports his guy but we got to finish out the season the best we can possible and with all things considered at this point. So, But that's got to suck for him because he was all gung-ho for coming there. And and then one year later, I mean, that's that. I mean, that's the league right there. It's a year-to-year league. And it, it things can change so quickly. And, I, you know, the Derek Carr situation is a perfect example of it. And that's kind of what – kind of something I was thinking about where people – I know we're kind of, I was, I'm going to get off on a tangent here a little bit, but people who are wanting to wait to draft a quarterback, right? They want to wait till 2024 for May or Williams or whoever it may be and build up He's the on TV right now, by the way, Fox. Yeah. saw that and, and build up the roster and wait, but you see that it's a year to year league and you see players and contracts are getting shorter and shorter. That's evident with Casario the roster that you build up in 2023 may not be in place in 2024 definitely may not be in place in 2025 by the time that quarterback is the you know hitting developmental stride and getting going so i just kind of i i feel like that's kind of a flawed thought process i think you get the quarterback in early and then build around them as you go not build the roster up and then bring in the quarterback because the roster may not be there by the time you get the quarterback in and I also think the quarterback can make the roster better. That too. Like if if you get like the quarterback can make the the rest of the roster better. Yeah. I was thinking about this, like if we're talking about twenty twenty four. Yeah. I think there's a decent chance that that Cleveland pick ends up being like a top ten pick, and I, I'm looking at. I would shock me one bit that that twenty twenty four pick is inside the top fifteen. Look at what's going on with the Rams right now. Variance, look what's man. going on with their pick, and look what's going on with the Broncos Denver. pick. Yep. Look what happened to Houston be. when they traded Tunsil. They thought it was going to yeah. be a a late late round, and it'd be a number four overall. Cleveland's arrow is not pointing up at all. I mean, they are they are. I don't want to say they've topped out, but they're not. 
you know, it seemed like they had like a really, really balanced, well-rounded roster a couple years ago when they went to the playoffs and won a playoff game with Mayfield. But it just kind of feels like, and I'm not, I'm not putting too much stock. I know it's kind of low hanging fruit to like crap on Deshaun when he plays, when he plays bad and he's looked bad, but man, like I, I want to give him a fresh start next year to really evaluate, but are, are we sure that he's going to be the, the, the guy that's going to be able to, you know, carry a flawed roster because they're, they're, they're paying him what they're paying him. There's going to have to be flaws where the quarterback's going to have to overcome some sort of things or you're going to have to draft really well. Well, you don't have any first-round picks for the next couple of years. Um, I would not be surprised at all if that Browns pick is like a top 10, five-ish pick in 2024 mm-hmm. and looks a lot better than we thought it would be when the trade was made. Yes. Not be shocked at all. Yes. Matter of fact, if you gave me odds that the Browns pick is higher up than the Texans pick next year, just give me what would the that be something? Is, I'm, I'm, be I'm wild. serious. I, would, I, I know I you're serious. Actually, I agree with like, you. If you gave me like two, two and a half to one, three to one, something like that, like that the Texans have a better record than the Browns next year, I wouldn't, I, I don't think I would hesitate to, to lay that bet. Yeah. To lay that bet. I'm yeah, telling you, man. I'm with like, you. And, the, and the cold weather's a thing. I don't think Deshaun likes cold weather, man. Like, no, I, do not, I, like I do not think that was a not guy, the place to go to for stats. He's from Georgia. He played his ball in Texas. He likes to be on beaches. Like, I don't, I don't think he likes that weather. No. No. You don't go there for the stats. So he went there for the contract. That's pretty clear. He went there for the bread. More power to him. Uh, let's see here before we get to some of the comments. We've got a lot on the board. Uh, resign candidates for Houston. Um, we've kind of mentioned it a few times, and I, I don't really think the list has changed much, but I just kind of wanted to touch base with you, Landry, on this. If if there's any new names that's, that's crept up the board, it, it, Agba Akronquo got a lot, of, a lot of love this week. You know, I, I think I had posted one thing that the lap from weeks eight through 16, so basically the last nine weeks. He's graded out as the third best uh, edge defender according to PFF grading. Take him as you will. But, Did you see Mike McDaniel mention PFF this week? No, I didn't. Yeah, so I'll have was, to go back and find cool. that. It was pretty cool. I watched uh, Mike McDaniel's press conference, and he mentioned PFF. I forgot who they were talking about. Um, it doesn't matter, but he was talking about him, and he was like, he was like in. Uh, PFF had him ranked as the top three, whatever. And he's like, and you take that with a grain of salt. I know how media types are about, you know, PFF, but PFF's grades matched our grades. So oh, look at cool Like a new age that like a new yeah. age coach is at least like not trying to be a hardo and at least addressing that. Yeah. I look at PFF's grades every once in a while. Yeah. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you off track. no it's good. It's good to hear. Like Cause uh, you hear more often than not, you hear, People are like, oh, teams don't use PFF grades. P- team all all thirty two teams have a contract with PFF, but it's more so for their for their stats and metrics, not so much for the grades. But it's still just a good a good reference point. It's not the end all be all number. It, you know, films looked at, things are utilized beyond that. Now now that they have the the sensors on all the players and they know their speed and and all those other metrics that are out there. But you know, PFF is just a, a quick way to look at it. So, but. I think it's clear the eye test matches the grade. 
if you want to put it that way, that Uncle Rocco has been playing very well. He's getting more and more playtime every week. And I'd, the Texans are pretty well capped out this year. There's really no way they could do a, an in-season extension in these last two weeks. So from if his agent has to be giving him the you know the advice that, yeah, Houston's going to probably lay their offer on the table right after the season's over, we'll say, yeah, we'll take a look at it, and then we'll wait until we get to March, get into the uh, the – the 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 heavy times of the combine and see what kind of offers are out there i'd imagine houston would say the same thing like here here's what we got if you can if you can find something better out there in the market you know just give us a call give us a shot to take a look at it and compete against it and we'll see what we can do but uh i think uh brad over at pff put it out there about a a three-year 15 million dollar deal with about six and a half guaranteed so five million per year that's a it's a good little raise for him, but I, I feel like he might get a little bit more than that. But uh, I think he's kind of in the same vein as Jacob Martin, who left for New York Giants after last year with a good year with Houston as a rotational pass rusher. But I think Akronko is a, definitely a player to that Houston would like to bring back on top of Tavier Thomas and Tremont Smith, maybe Jordan Akins, Chris and, Moore, Chris Moore, and and Jonathan Owens and. Those are, you know, maybe more depth guys, but still good contributing players. And I think that would kind of be my list at the time. I don't know if you have any other names you want to add to that. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's it. I, I don't know if Aikens is a given. Um, it's kind of more of a just, yeah. It, it, if you can get him back on something, yeah, you know, just above minimum, a little bit of guaranteed maybe money. Not guaranteed. I don't think he's going to have too just, many options. So no, I mean, if he just, just like, wants to come and compete, yeah, camp. Uh, and see what goes on but yeah that would be that would be pretty much my list too um king's got another year and collins has another year they did a good job giving those guys two-year deals by the way yep. like it does nelson's, seem like, nelson's got a two-year deal yeah like they gave they did a good job like i don't know if it's by design like they like these guys a little bit more but but i will give casario credit that the guys that he gave two-year deals to um outside of kirko uh that's what they call him Kirko, right? Yeah. Outside of Kirksey, like those guys seem like guys that you would have wanted to bring back anyways, and they don't even have to worry about Collins, King, um, and who else did you say? Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, Nelson. Yeah. So yeah, but I, I'm with you on Thomas and uh Thomas and Smith. If you can bring those guys back, I, th- I think that I think the secondary is actually, you know, another really quality starting safety away from being Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. And I think Christian Harris is going to be a stud. Like, I think he's going to be. Harris and Petrie, man, are really showing up. Yeah. And, and hopefully Stingley kind of, they find a, a, a way to utilize him a little better for next year. But Petrie, man, now I go to YouTube and I think two or th- there's been two or three uh, folks that I follow on there that have done now doing film study on Petrie and, and really talking him up. And it's really, really great to see. I mean, it, they kind of had him in a, maybe not out of position, but moving him back to free safety in that center field kind of position the last probably five weeks of the season now, six weeks of the season. It's been a really good move for him. It's, you know, getting the ball in front of him. He can make plays. He's make he's being more decisive. Tackling still kind of an issue, but you know, for the most part, he just wants to hit, man. Yeah, 
but it's it's good to see with him and you know hopefully those are the type of players that this defense can build around hopefully find some uh additional anchor points on on the offensive side after this upcoming off season uh one other thing i know we got a lot of comments on the board what do you take of this Tua situation with another concussion it feels like he's probably done for the year right um i mean th- possibly third I one in however many weeks i don't i don't really uh I mean, really he, man, he just gets I, tossed around like a ragdoll out there, and it's yeah. And I've heard people talking about, you know, well, this is kind of they, they like to link this to like Bryce Young. Yep. Tua was getting hurt in college. Like I, I talked about this with DJ today. Like, yep. It's not like Tua was just a completely healthy player in college, and then he came to the NFL, and all of a sudden he's getting like tossed around. Like he he was getting hurt in college, so he needs to learn how to fall. Bryce Young had like a hurt shoulder. Like it wasn't like some sort of like, you know, injury prone type of situation. Um, but he was getting he was getting hurt in college. So, you know, I don't I don't like link that to Bryce Young. I, I do think he's probably done, but man, what a crappy, crappy fourth quarter for him the other day. Good lord, that was ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, Man, we that's where everybody was talking about that ago. he had a concussion in the second half of that game, and that's where all those all those interceptions came from because he was like 9 for 12 or over 200 yards before that hit. He had 200 yards in the first quarter. Yeah. yeah. He, had the, he had the 84 to Waddle, and then he had, yeah, he had 200 in the first quarter. Yep. All right, well, I know we got a lot of questions and a few comments and questions on the board. If you haven't already tossed yours up, get them up there. We'll see what we have here. See if Lovey Smith is coaching next year. Nobody going to games. I mean, wins, wins will bring fans back out. And I, you know, I kind of felt like the team would have more wins this year. But I, I agree with you. I think it's a tough sell. And like Landry said before, the team would pretty much have to come out and really explain why you're you're keeping Lovey Smith in 2023. And I don't. I agree. I mean, I don't know that that would be enough for the fans. Maybe getting Bryce Young. You know whatever draft picks they go with and get a more, you know, bring in a little excitement from the off season and the draft, but man, having a new, a really strong draft, good free agency and a new head coach. That's where you're going to get the fans back in. Let's see here. I didn't see it. Hopefully Chicago. Yeah. So hopefully Chicago wins this week and we can be done with this. They're playing Detroit. Yeesh. Detroit's possible. Uh, it's possible. Detroit's defense is garbage. Justin Fields is the number one fantasy quarterback uh, on most uh, lists. So Let's the way see. Detroit's playing D right now might have a shot um, for Chicago to win and get this done with. I mean, Detroit's six-point favorites, but they are playing at home. So we'll see. But, yeah, it'd be nice if Chicago would do their part and get a win and don't have to worry about this anymore. If we win this week, we're screwed from Ryan crossing him, dedicated listener, probably beating Indy. If they pick fifth, oh, my god! I didn't think they could get to fifth. I knew they could get to fourth, but the strength of schedule had – Yeah, the strength of schedule plays – Would, would keep Indy in favor with them because of the difference with Indy. So yeah. it would be four. Indy can't pass – um, I don't know. I, I don't even want to think about yeah. it right now. <laughs> it's not – speaking um, of pigs – yeah. That's actually why I'm glad I'm, I'm off this week because at least it'll just be a crystal clear picture on Monday when I'm back on the air. Yeah, yeah. It should. So I can, I can do all that crap. Yeah. Where does Cleveland's first-round pick sit after 18? 
mm. this year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be – I mean, now Cleveland has, so Right now they're 11th. Is Carson Wentz going to help the Texans? And they've got – Carson Wentz. Yeah, they're playing Pittsburgh, uh, Washington and then Pittsburgh. So – and Wentz is coming Pittsburgh's back. Fighting. Pittsburgh's never going to quit. And, and, and Washington has the lot, currently has the last playoff spot, so they have a lot to play for as well. So there's a real chance that uh, that pick could end up in the top ten – and you know, seven or eighth, that's going to be a, a really strong position for for Houston on a on a trade back, or if they just want to pick somebody there. There's going to be a lot of a lot of avenues. Trade for T. Higgins that was back during the Brandon Cooks discussion. I haven't really looked at him. he's got to be coming up because they're clear. Uh, Cincinnati is going to have a lot of players to pay between Jamar. Well, Jamar Chase is not going to be eligible yet, but they got Joe yeah, Burrow. Wow, you got Joe Burrow coming up. And they really don't have to do it then. But T. Higgins, he's under contract through 2023. And so he was a second rounder. Yeah. Bates will be. That would be. But, I mean, I just don't see how Cincinnati really would need to trade Higgins at this point. So they could be. And they'd be asking for a first-round pick for him. They drafted him in the second round. I don't know. That would be a tough sell for me. I think there might be some uh, some other avenues to explore on that. But Cooks knew what he was doing when he signed the contract. Hey, when they toss that amount of guaranteed money in front of you, it's hard to say no. He is right, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, he knew what he committed to. Yeah. Trade Cooks for a second or a third and fourth. You're not getting that. No way. Maybe I could be completely wrong, but Cap just matumboed that listener the question is will lovey get fired yes i think we're in agreement i think we're in agreement wish him the best he 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 got the ship righted back upright and and moving in the right direction but don't really think he can uh (laughs) yeah could he be not driscoll over there yeah let's see here lovey will get I don't know about this one. I think he'd kind of get put into a ceremonial role, kind of like Romeo did. I, I don't think Romeo, and I don't I think Lovey's that kind of guy that that uh, would want to go down that path anyway. No, and they kind of did it to Romeo just because they were bringing in new DCs. No, um, but no, I don't think I don't think Lovey would get there. I also don't know that Romeo. Uh, Romeo's not as hard headed as Lovey. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I just. I don't envision Lovey having the, the mentality of of willing to go down that path. Yeah, you know, I think you see he, Lovey with Monty Kiffin today. The Texans PR put out the. Yep. Uh, yeah, I saw I remember that. When the Cowboys, speaking of the Romeo Cornell treatment, I remember when the Cowboys basically had Monty Kiffin after his disaster uh, comeback, which was a disaster. They brought in Marinelli and Marinelli had to kind of take over, kind of save his ass. Like he did lovey's mm-hmm. uh, at the end in Chicago. I mean, they basically had Monty Kiffin coaching brooms in a broom closet. Like he, he had like a fake title. He was still there, but he really wasn't doing very much, uh, on the back end. Yeah. Good old Monty. You ever heard Monty talk? No, no, I haven't. Funny. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, it's it's entertaining. You should check out Amani Kiffin old press conference. I'll have to I'll have to go back to the to the archives and take a look. 
And yeah, yeah, you don't have to put that at the top of your entertainment list, but no. you know. One day if I got nothing else going on. I'm going to see Avatar 2 tomorrow, by the way. I've never even seen Avatar 1. I got invited to a You're not a showing. big movie guy, are you? Because I feel like... I'm a huge... I'm a huge... I'm, dude, I go to movies all the time. I hate... Feels like every movies. time I hear, but that's probably what it is. Like all the Marvel movies, and all that stuff. Yeah, and I don't like action movies, but why I like you, anything else. I'm just why not don't you like action like, movies? Because it's stupid. Like this guy did eight flips and landed on his feet, and then like all these bad guys, like 500 bad guys shoot 500 bullets at him, and he doesn't get hit, and then he doesn't. Oh, you talking about Matrix? And okay. and all, yeah, it's just dumb. Well, I think they're okay. Give me a rom com any day. Oh, rom com any day over an action movie. I'm good. <laughs> Gotta worry about me. You got time tonight to. It's not like you got to be at work tomorrow. Watch I'm have Avatar to watch One. Avatar tonight. See yeah. what's going on. It's it's good. It's it's a it's a different. It's Did a different you do game. shrooms before or anything like? No, we had okay. this discussion That's already. Well, I just thought some people wanted to do shrooms before they watched Avatar. Hey, may, might might get might make it that much better. But it was it's it's an acquired taste, but it's it's interesting. I'll say that part. But it's a, it's a big gap, what, 10 years, I think, from the last one to this one. And there's already a third one in line behind number two. So, Yeah, and this one's underwater. Three hours is the movie link, so get comfy. There you go. It's a comfy movie theater. It's a nice one. Private show. All of them are, it seems like now. They all got the reclining seats and heaters and all that fun stuff. I never go to the movies. It's I just wait. Me and my, me and the wife have. You don't have to wait as long these days either. So no, and me and me and my wife have a, a not very common uh, appreciation for movies. It's very rare that we have something that we both want to go watch. Like this year, I think it was Top Top Gun Maverick was one that we both wanted to watch, but I think that was one of the first Good ones one. in probably two years that we went together to see. Any apprehension given Tunsil? No, I think we kind of touched no. on that. There's no. Yeah, give it to him. Get it over with. Move on. Let's see here. No app. Truth. 25 to 28 be done. Yeah, he's going to get every bit of it. Crazy for Casario to overlook the whole season just for the last couple of weeks to keep Lovey. I think. True. I mean, not just would be crazy, easily crazy. And it like Landry was clear on that, that you would have to question, you would have serious questions for this front office, for this organization. If they chose to keep Lovey Smith around based on uh, that short sample size at the end of the season. No doubt. No doubt. It would be, it would be silly if that was the reasoning. Yeah. We really like the way they fought against the Kansas city chiefs who lost to the Raiders and, uh, they went toe-to-toe with the Broncos uh, weeks before they fired their coach and the Cowboys, who probably overlooked us. And, uh, by the way, Lovey Smith's defense allowed a 97-yard drive in two minutes and 40 seconds after in which the middle of the field was open. And then, you know, beat the Tennessee Titans with Malik Willis, and then the Jags had nothing to play for and Colts had nothing to play for. That would suck yeah. if that were the reasoning. We'd be screwed. King of Reddit, Brown Chubby Bear. Did Gennard's performance in Tennessee move his stock up? I think it piqued um, the interest, but I mean, he's got he's got to get healthy. He's got to be available, and then continue that consistency. He's seems to be kind of up and down throughout the season. Whenever he is healthy to play, and you know, I think Grenard is, you know, he's got one more year under contract. I think it's going to be a big time prove it kind of situation for him. But he's going to have to really get things going and put together multiple games of of healthy 
being available yeah. to to make the team be ready to invest in him after the 2023 season or or in the middle of the 2023 season if he really gets things going but the first three years so far, man, it's it's going to take a lot to to get back going on on the right side yeah. of that for him. And I and I and I don't think it upped his stock, but I but I don't think his stock's like I think his stock was set as soon as he missed all those games. Where you're basically saying the same stuff about Grenard heading into year four that you were saying in year three. Uh, there's been some good things, but there's the the question of whether he can stay healthy, which he told us himself. Uh, when we talked to him that, you know, that was something that he wanted to prove this year didn't happen. So I, I don't think his stock is like, well, I think it's, I think it's the exact same as it was last year. I think it's stayed. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you on that. Petrie is interesting. Everyone said he was going to be used near the line, not deep in coverage. It's been the opposite. Yeah. I mean that, you know, in this system, they figured out that his best performance is to be off the line. I mean, they're, they'll drop him down there every once in a while, but yeah, he's been much more successful being out in center field with the ball in front of him, be able to make plays coming towards him. And, you know, we'll see if that continues on with whatever system that the team puts in place, whatever defensive scheme is, is, uh, going, but it's, it's a good, good, uh, situation that they have with him. And it's exciting to see, him be successful there any safeties to pair with petrie or in free agency and or in the draft i don't really i really don't know about the safeties on the draft from free agent standpoint it's gonna be kind of i mean jesse bates out of cincinnati um poyer's old tayshawn gibson boy talk about a throwback there kareem jackson another throwback and chauncey gardner uh chauncey gardner johnson probably be the other big name but I think Philadelphia is probably going to find a way to to get him re-signed. So it's really it's really kind Antonio of Antonio Johnson out of Texas A and M is the safety that's probably the guy that they'll be talking about going first round or yeah. Truth second. was right there, Antonio Johnson. I don't know how he uh, I don't know how he pairs with Petrie, how they view him, but Antonio Johnson's kind of been one of the leaders of that defense. He's a he's a pretty big baller. Do we really care if the next coach is a defense or an offensive minded? I only care I that. Don't. No, I don't have a preference. I I want somebody who's a leader, who can hire the right staff, develop a pipeline of staff. You know that because if you've got the right guys, they're going to move on. It's you know we see how quickly coaches can get promoted up and get find their way into a head coach status. And if you're able to reload the pipeline with your coaches and develop your coaches, to me that's a that would be the the best situation possible if you could find that. And if it's an offensive minded or a defensive minded, it it doesn't matter. The staff needs to be a strong staff and be in agreement and have a scheme that is not twenty years old like we have right now. Like to have a little modernization, little little excitement out there. Thoughts on taking Carter and then package for love if Aaron Rodgers stays. So Jordan Love. No. For what? Quarterback of the Houston Texans. To do what? Like, like backup? No, probably compete. What is Jordan Love at this point? Uh, to me, I don't know how he's a step up over 
Davis Mills. I mean, it, yeah, what is he? I saw him play. I saw him start the game against uh, like Kansas City last year. Dallas, I think it was yeah, Kansas City two years ago. He played. Okay. Uh, he's got twelve of eighteen completions for one hundred eighty-six yards. He played well that one game that he stepped in for a little bit no, during a blowout. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, okay, maybe "well" wasn't the right word. He was. It was misleading. That, that's a misleading. That well, they were. At, yeah, all. that was. Uh, they were getting blown out, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not not much on the trading for Jordan Love because I mean he's only got. Well, he'll if they do the option, he'll have two years left on his deal. But yeah. you're not leveraging. You're not leveraging the early years of that rookie contract. It's already already out the window. Do you think Jonathan Gannon will be the next head coach? I think he'll be on the list. I think. Uh, Don't you think if he's on the list, it makes him the favorite? If based on last year, that, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. If they're going back to it, doesn't that doesn't that kind of make you think that he would be the guy? Like, if he interviews, I would I would probably put my money on him. Yeah, honestly, I feel like, like it's going to be. Why would they be, ask him to interview twice? Yeah, if he if he is interviewing, then yeah, I think it's between Just like him. We thought and, they were going to hire McCown last year when they interviewed him a second time in two years. You know. Man, what a wild situation that was. Loved every second of that. I bet you did. Houston has been among the last to hire. Yes. And that was, will they change that this offseason if they fire Lovey? Who knows? I mean, it, they should have fired him 10 minutes after. There was, there was so much craziness going on with, with the hiring cycle this past offseason with Houston. I mean, it was it was Gannon's job when he came out of the Senior Bowl. Then they wanted co-head coach with McCowan, and then the lawsuit came out. God, I don't even want to rehash it again. It was just yeah, we're good. Let's no see problem. here. I'm scared this weekend. Just ready to get the pitcher on number one. Hope we hold on to it. Yeah, I think everybody's in agreement with you, sir. Wide receiver I would trade for is Jerry Judy. Yeah, that would be great. I don't. I don't know that Denver is going to be looking to move him. They might be looking for some draft picks. That's for damn sure. Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of draft. picks. They don't pick. have very many draft picks. No, they don't. They uh, gave them all up for a broken quarterback. So they drafted him first, fifteenth uh, overall in twenty twenty. So he's got just one year left, plus probably the. Oh, they they didn't do the fifth year option. Oh no, they got to do the fifth year option after this year. So they're probably. Do the fifth year option on him, man. I don't know. It just kind of depends on what what kind of draft capital you're having to get up for him. But I'm not. I'm not not completely opposed to it. Petrie should be all pro. Man, there's a lot of good safeties, but he's he trending. What? He's, <laughs> he's he's trending in the right Does direction to day? go. Does he mean one day? Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah, maybe he means one day. Need Kyle Allen starting week eighteen? Yeah, sure. No, that'll help. No, we don't. We need all Rex Burkhead Wildcat. <laughs> you've, you've put us through. You've put us through the pain of Rex Burkhead. Every the, I want all Rex Burkhead Wildcat in week eighteen. Nothing yeah. else. All right, you, you, you got him on the roster for a reason. Rex Burkhead Wildcat the whole time. Yeah, up the middle. How many yards do you think he'd have if Rex Burkhead had? If you did Wildcat with Rex Burkett for a whole game, how many yards do you think he'd have? 28. Just perfect number. He'd match the jersey number? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Is Jim Harbaugh an option? No. Boy, that was quick. Next. 
That was Next. quick. And you talking about me dunking on somebody. That Next. was quick. I think he might go to Indy if he comes out. Next. Ron Chubby Pear getting on. Yeah, we already talked about that. That would make sense because Harbaugh would want control, so they're already like kind of pissed off Chris Ballard, so well, you bring in Harbaugh. They but, said Chris Ballard was going to be around for next year, but maybe he changes his mind if they bring in Harbaugh. Okay. What a, what a nutless guy he's become. Yeah. Not his own doing, but, man, Chris Ballard has just lost all that luster. Zay J came back at right guard. I don't think he's been that bad, and he's under contract. So he's, he is under contract for one more year. I think it's more of a function of the center. I th- I really do think this offensive line would be immensely better if you were just able to get a so if functional. Justin Britt had never left. You think they'd be good? Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> um, <laughs> I think if they could get a functional center. This what, offensive think, line would be much better because I think AJ Can is a serviceable right guard. Do you think? Do you think that Nick Casario thinks, man, if only Justin had been able to stay with us the whole time, we would, uh, you know, we we didn't plan on Justin leaving us. I don't think he feels that he's way. He's worse. He's he was the worst option. I'm just, I'm just saying. And right I mean, on cue, be... why is even Justin Britt on the roster? Well, he's no on idea. he's on NFI now, and a guaranteed salary this year. And just he'll move on about his way after after the after the season's over. Texans could maybe win the division next year with the right coach. True. Well, with Indianapolis True. and and Tennessee Preach. going backwards, uh, you know, I could see this easily being. Hundred percent. A Houston Jacksonville show for the next foreseeable Preach. future. I'm with you. People don't want to draft Rice Young, and that's not a good reason for it. Just don't want to. Yeah, they just they're just making up like this whole like BS hype thing. It's yeah, it's a continued discussion on the timeline, and and hey, just, it's great. It's great to see, great to see the discussion. But there's there's definitely the segments within the fan base of. There's the the Mills Mills people that want Wait, think that, that he can be exists? some yes yeah there's still there's still some out there somebody hit me up with with it today that uh, I think uh, when uh, one of the PFF folks put out their war number of players not quarterbacks on the roster and the Houston's Houston was at the bottom of yeah you you put out a hell of a uh, hell of a write up on that I'm surprised you didn't get into that today. I was going to mention it at the end for folks to go take good, a look man. at it. It was a uh, breakdown. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a while since I've been able to sit down and write a little bit. It was had a little bit of time on on you Christmas. Know what you and, should have called it. What? I'm not very good at the headline thing. Stop making shit up. The truth about Davis Mills. <laughs> that that would have been good. That would have been. I'm just. It can is. I? How much can? How much you don't charge me? You can cover. My, you can write my headlines going forward. <laughs> I do think it's always it's always pretty funny when uh, when someone just makes something up, you know, like yeah. like if your opinion is this, but then you just say, well, you know, he hasn't had a clean pocket, and you know, he, he when he has a clean pocket, he he perform like you you went and, you went and did the research. Strong recommendation to check it out. Yeah, so if you if if you're not subscribed to it, you can go to capandtrade.substack.com and. And uh, that's where the newsletter goes out. We'll 
put it across the bottom. You'll see it here in a minute. But uh, yeah, I I I'll probably do more writing in the off season than I do during the season, and I'll probably get heavy back into it in the off season. But it's a uh, you know free newsletter that when I get time available, write and and get it out there for you. It's good to have the written form to to couple up with this show, but. It was kind of just a little dive into. There's been a lot of discussion on the timeline about if Davis Mills could just get an offensive line that was functional, he would be a much better quarterback. And so luckily there's some stats out there that you can dive into just looking at his performance and what be deemed as a clean pocket, not under pressure, not blitz, things like that. And his numbers were not all that impressive. I think he was still in the bottom third of the league about the only place that he was in the right area of the graph would be the uh, turnover worthy plays versus big time throw plays he's still he protects the ball well he's a little bit conservative when you look at that as well but you know overall it just the clean looking at his clean pocket performance didn't inspire me to think yeah, if we fix the offensive line, he would be a top 10 quarterback. That's not what I came out of that of that write-up with. And so, uh, you know, if you want to take a look at it, go ahead and, you know, and while you're there, feel free to subscribe. Just like I said, it's a free newsletter. Hit your, new button, your inbox via email, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more out there in the offseason. But I uh, encourage you to take a look at that. You know, I – it, I just don't know. It, he's, he's such an enigma to me at this point with Davis Mills of of what you're going to get with him. We, we've seen the benching to the mental resets to he he acknowledged that he gets happy feet and they started showing up again this past weekend and he kind of resettles back down. And I just don't know that he's ever going to come out of that inconsistent up and down funk that he seems to stay in. And I just – I'm not a believer – there's other folks that are out there. There's not a lot. I, I, I it feels like it's almost more of trying to be yeah, the smarter person and the smart person in the room mentality yeah, that. And it's loud. It's not. It's it's really just trying to trying to find a place for yourself on online at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's there's not a lot of. I mean, even the people that aren't like completely there. It's not like they're like against bringing in like a veteran or something like that at least the ones that i like you know okay but there, there's it almost seems like a bit at this point with the with the the mill stuff that we hear yeah and it, i think truth kind of nails it here you can't live on the what ifs if you need all these things to be right to get a good quarter you know for your quarterback to do well you you, you want your quarterback to be able to lift a team up like if you were to ask me would I going into the fourth quarter and and I know they he had that drive against the Titans to but it's the Titans would you trust Mills if he had a functioning offensive line or whatever a good good roster around him I still I still don't have the faith to for him to put the team on his back and take them downfield when you need to in a critical time or lift the team up make the better players better around him I just don't get that sense from him he's He's a good, you know, he's a good manageable quarterback. He'll be a good backup for a long time. He'll be good for a bridge option, things like that. But I just don't get the sense that he's more than that. Yeah, I think you got a good sense, Cap. All right. Well, I don't have anything else, man. And I think you don't? no. 
And I think I uh, you're going late. I thought you were going late tonight. I thought you were going until 12. Hour and 24 minutes. Yeah, I thought we were going until 12. Two, two, okay. week, two weeks in a row of extra long show. All right. thought we were going until 12, but okay. Yeah, well, some of us got to work tomorrow. Not everybody's on vacation. I'm still, I'm still doing my stream, sir. I know. Let's see. What do I got here? Tomorrow, um, tomorrow on Locker Room, YouTube, subscribe. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the three-head coach myth. I'm going to talk about that. Uh, and then Friday, I'm going to get into this, uh, this Deshaun Watson possibility. Could, could the Deshaun Watson, could this, we be looking at like a Russell Wilson type of joint here? All right. Um, maybe not as extreme, but something like that. All right. Well, y'all tune in to, to Landry's show. He's uh, pumping out the con- content daily. And uh, I appreciate everybody listening in tonight. A lot of good interaction on the board. Appreciate everyone. I appreciate all the support. Finally hit uh, the 200 subs. That was the goal for the well, actually, beginning, sir. I know. It was the goal for the end of the season, so beat Once it by you get two to weeks. A gur, it goes up, dude. Once you get to what? Once you get to a GUR. Oh. A G, a yeah. stack. Yeah. Once you once you get there, that's that's going to be the up. goal for the off season. By by the time draft comes around, I'm hoping to get it up to to the one k number. I think. Uh, I think I got a lot of stuff ready to go for the off season. It'll be really fun. Got a lot of stuff to dig into. Give some good peeks behind the curtains. But you know, make sure if you are watching, hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, join in on with us, and we'll uh, you know all those likes, all those subscriptions, just make the channel that much better, and we'll. Work hard to to continue pumping out the content for y'all folks. And Landry, I appreciate the time, sir. Appreciate the time, too. We got some good college football right here in our backyard, right down the street. A uh, little Ole Miss, Texas Tech, Tech on top 26-13. Yeah. And, uh, it's big games this weekend. Drake May. Drake May only has 19 seconds left. Oregon rallied. They took the uh, took the one-point lead. So you got any uh, good college ball on. Good. And is it uh, this weekend for the college playoffs? Yes, it is. Saturday. What is wrong with you? How would you not know that, sir? Are you just so locked into the NFL? Yes. I think the Ohio State Buckeyes are... Uh, They're angling. Angling for a little people, upset. All these people want to talk about like two years from now, and they want to talk about quarterbacks. I want to have the quarterback, and then I want to be able to look at Marvin Harrison Jr. and Bowers out of Georgia. So I will be watching, guys. I'm not watching the Caleb Williams, the Drake May thing. I'm watching Marvin Harrison Jr. You're watching 2024 skill players. And Bowers. 2024 skill players. Hashtag. And I'm sure there's some 2024 defensive players somewhere on those Georgia, Ohio State uh, rosters as well. Yeah. I can assure you. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, we will call it a night. Landry, have a good evening, sir. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. Everybody have a good evening. And with that, we will shut it down. Peace. Peace.